your exclusive home of the D-backs. Diamondbacks. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. D-backs manager Tori Lovello joins Burns and Gambo to talk D-backs baseball. Welcome back to the Burns and Gambo show here on the flagship home of the Arizona Diamondbacks, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Of course, opening day, just a couple of weeks away for the Diamondbacks. Still a couple of I's to dot and T's to cross. And joining us right now, the manager of the Diamondbacks, Troy Lovello, for his weekly visit with us here on Burns and Gambo. Troy, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, guys. How are you? Good, good. Skip, let me start with this, the, the, the World Baseball Classic, because we, we saw a major injury with Edwin Diaz going down. Um, you know, the Mets have a lot invested with Verlander and Scherzer to try to win it all this year. And, you know, their big time expensive clothes are probably gone for the year now. The risks involved with, with having your players and you've got some playing in the World Baseball Classic. How do you manage that? Yeah, it's a fair ask. Um, you hate, first of all, you hate to see Diaz going down uh, and missing the year as a freak injury, and we, we we're sorry that it happened. But I think anytime you go out there and compete between the white lines, anytime you're you're exposing yourself uh, in in something that you feel good at doing, which is you know going out between the white lines and performing, you're going to put yourself at risk. And everybody knows that, and they sign up for it. Um, you know, when we when we talk to these these players, when they tell us of their interests. Um, Mike and company has never blocked it. He he says, you know, proudly go out there and represent your country. Just make sure you're in shape. Make sure that things are okay. And if they're not, that's when we would intervene. But we felt like all the athletes that we sent off were ready to go, ready to compete at a high level. And look, we saw what happened to Corbin Martin the other day. There's things you cannot prevent. It doesn't matter where you're throwing a baseball, whether it's on a WBC field, whether it's on field two here, or whether it's in a, in a big league spring training game. You're exposing yourself to that that level of injury because you're going out and you're being a competitor. So, at the end of the day, we hate that it happened, but we know it's a possibility. You don't uh, con- go ahead, Campbell. Go ahead, I'm sorry. Go, go ahead. ahead. Okay, no, I'll, I'll go ahead. You you can't control it, but as you mentioned, you can manage it. And I'm, I think I read somewhere with Cattell, he played a couple of innings at center field. And, and did you guys have to kindly ask the Dominican, maybe not so kindly, ask the Dominican Republic not to play him in center field because that did not match up with your wishes as an organization? Yeah, we did that. We did that. Um, you know, we saw the Catalan play center field and, and, um, uh, you know, Nelson Cruz and, and, uh, Rodney Linares graciously accepted the phone call. And, you know, I explained to them that it wasn't what we wanted Cattell to do. He hadn't played the outfield in over a year. Uh, we hadn't trained him or drilled him in, in that situation or in that position. Not one second of any of our days in spring training. Uh, so I just, you know, I asked them if they wouldn't mind putting him back at second base and circled back to it a couple times to make sure that the message was loud and clear. And, and Rodney decided that, you know, the, the call was, just, you know, was, was perfectly timed. He accepted it and he got him into second base and Cattell played a couple games. But of course, we're always mindful of what's going on and we're watching. We watch every play, every inning of what's going on with these guys to make sure they're doing okay. Uh, let's talk about the health of your team. A big blow, Mark Melanson. Had a rough year last year, but looks like he's going to miss some serious time with that shoulder injury, likely to start on a 60-day IL. And then Corbin Martin, what's what's the update on his status? Yeah, um, you know, in both cases, uh, we're talking we're talking 
months instead of weeks uh, missed. And uh, we, we hate that that's happened. Um, uh, Mark has a subscap strain, um, and that's gonna, he got a PRP injection yesterday, and that's going to take some time to heal and get that range of motion. But no, he, I talked to him yesterday, and he said he feels good. He, he's glad that it happened this time. He wants to continue pitching, and he's going to work hard to get back as soon as possible. With Corbin Martin, we're still hunting the second opinions, uh, but there's there's a there's a, a tear, there's a lat tear there, um, and you know that's the original opinion. We got to get more opinions, and uh, very unfortunate for him, you know. And what I told him on the phone yesterday is that he was out there competing at a high level, which is what I got done telling you guys. So there, there, he, there's no shame in what he did. He got hurt doing something that he prepared to do for a long time, and he was he was doing it at a very high level. He just got hurt. He got injured. Couldn't prevent that. So once again, it's gonna. It, we're gonna get that second opinion. But no matter what, we feel like it's gonna be a, a long road to recovery, and he'll get back out there as soon as possible. Well, the one thing about the sixty-day IL, it, it it would open up a roster spot for you, especially with Melanson. You know, you've had good competition so far, especially mm-hmm. in the bullpen. So who could benefit the most from having that extra roster spot open? Yeah, I, I'd hate to. I'd hate to pull somebody out of. Uh, in this conversation, say it's just one guy, but because there's a lot of guys that are competing, what it's done is it basically opened up two spots because Corbin was throwing the ball at a very high level, and when I was was counting up the guys that I was thinking about breaking camp with, he was one of them. So for me, it's one possibly two positions, it, positions in the bullpen, and what it means is it's time for somebody to step up. I'm looking for people to go out there and execute at a high level, get out, and say, here's my chance, here's my opportunity by blocking out everything other than going out to do the best they possibly can. We have some unbelievable candidates in camp, some guys that are throwing the ball well. But I don't want them to say, look, it's, I've got this team made. I want them to go out there and earn it. It's way too early. You know, everybody's asking me who's going to fit in the bullpen, who's going to be that fifth starter. It's still way too early. I don't know. There's, there's a lot of really good candidates. Guys have had some really good moments, have not and not so good moments. So I want guys to step on it. This is their time. This is their opportunity to go out there and earn uh, this, this opportunity. Tori Lovello, our guest here on the Burns and Gambo Show. You caught me red-handed because I was just about to ask you a very similar question to the one that you just answered, but I, I kind of want to phrase it a different way. Was it your plan with a couple weeks away before the regular season to have a closer-by-committee approach to start the year, or are you hoping or were you hoping for one specific guy to be that guy for you when the season starts in a couple of weeks? Yeah, I think traditionally what we've done is we sign certain names, such as Fernando Rodney, Brad Boxberger, Brad Hall, and we traditionally signed them into that last inning, and they were brought here to close out games, and that's what they were expected to do. And in a certain way, Mark Melanson, too. He, he led the league in, in saves uh, in 2021. So, um, it, you know, we've had that guy walk into camp, but I think the near normal today is – these, these guys just get the baseball and pitch where they're asked. So I'm going to be fluid with this answer. I don't know what I'm going to do, but somebody was going to emerge in that, in that ninth inning and it matches up. Of course I'm going to consider it, but I just want outs. I want an out in the sixth could be just as important an out as an out in the ninth, but I know everything is amplified in that ninth inning. So somebody might take it. I don't know, but for right now, I don't know who it is or where we are with that. But time will tell. Once again, I want guys to go out there and, and pitch and perform. They're going to tell us what guys should be doing um, at the back end of games. We'll probably have some, some positive role guys and some negative role guys. They'll know that role. 
and then we'll close it up that way. Tori Lavello, our guest here on the Burns and Gambo Show, uh, knowing that it's still fluid and knowing that there are no answers yet. Brandon Fott's performance yesterday against the Cubs, among those young starters that you've got so many of that you're kind of looking at and trying to figure out, was that a significant moment for him? Was that a significant outing for him against the Cubs? Yeah, we all certainly took notice, and I don't want to downplay what he did. There was great carry to his fastball. Um, after his first inning, he started he started to land his breaking ball, and everything looked sharp from my angle. Uh, but you know, once again, we've got to continue to evaluate a lot of guys that are that are fighting for that last spot. So Brandon Fott is is in a great spot right now, and he's throwing the ball extremely well. So um, you know, there, there's a lot of entries in that in in that in that post right now. Um, so we got we to gotta find out who, who, where, and, and how it's going to happen. We just haven't finalized that. We have a lot of really good arms that are, that are fighting for that spot right now. Um, it's just too early for me to tell, but I certainly took notice of what Brandon did yesterday. I've got to ask you about Corbin Carroll, a, a tremendous young player in your organization. It's going to be here for a long time. You guys lock him up eight years, $111 million. And, you know, you see what Tampa's done. You, you, you see what the Braves have done. You, you watch what Seattle done. It does seem like, you know, the middle to lower market teams like you guys are, you've kind of got ahead of the curve. You got to get ahead of the curve. You can't wait till these guys hit free agency and then probably lose them to bigger market clubs. This is the new way of doing business, isn't it? I think so. Um, I think the Cleveland Indians had this model um, well before anybody else, way back in the 90s, right, um, that they were signing these young players of long-term deals. And We have one in our clubhouse right now, and Evan Longoria, that the Rays locked up after, I think, just, just with a year of service time. So our front office is unbelievable. They're, smart. They're really smart. They they probably broke it down, and they, they figured out what, you know, what the formula was and made a very fair offer to Corbin, and Corbin obviously accepted it. The thing that the, the statement that was made is is that um, you know there's a commitment here. There's a commitment to somebody that understands what it means to be an Arizona Diamondback. That's also a very good baseball player, but there's more to this contract than him just going out and performing at a high level. We love that. He exemplifies everything that we want a young man to to be on a daily basis, and he's a learner. He cares about the right things, and you know as Brent Strom said. When they started doing this in in, uh, in Houston, it started to lift the boat, and we feel like this is the right situation for the right player, and it's going to set a set a standard for what we expect to get done here in the, in the uh, coming years. I think it'll motivate other players too to see the Diamondbacks taking care of their own, because other players will mm-hmm. want to put themselves in that position too. But I do want to ask you: Does 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 the pressure when you, you know the more money you make, there's usually more pressure on players. Is he is he does he have leadership capabilities, and do you feel that that big contract will put more pressure on him? Yeah, Naley is a very quiet guy, um, but he leads by an unbelievable example and work ethic. So that was one of my big concerns, Gambo. I when when we called him in to congratulate him, I said, "Look, you don't." Uh, <laughs> You don't have to justify this contract. Well, you just need to be yourself and go out there and be the exact same person every single day, and things will take care of themselves. He has a very unique ability to block out the noise, and he has a great desire to be uh, a top player by working hard and going out and performing. So I, he promised me that he wouldn't change his mindset that got him to this point. It won't. I know that. I believe in him, and I believe in the, the person. But, yeah, I think for a couple of days he probably was wondering what else he had to do. Really, the answer is nothing. He just has to be himself and go on and perform every single day. Thanks, Story, for the time. As always, we appreciate it. We'll talk soon, okay? Okay, boys. Talk to you soon.